Welcome and we're a little are we a little loud here or is that just right? Is that fine? Well welcome to the National Capital Bible Church this Christmas Sunday. I'm so glad to have you all here. This morning we are having our Christmas program. It's going to be uh, much different, I guess I could say, than our normal service. Uh, today we are going to have participation from the congregation in the program. Scripture reading and songs sung in unison by the congregation. Uh, this will be uh, not the first time we've had a program similar to this, but it's the first time that we've had the participation from the congregation. And I'm really looking forward to having that uh, that happen. Just a few uh, coordinating instructions here, I guess, before we begin, is this is not uh, meant to be a precision movement. Uh, therefore, uh, there is no exact step or procedure, but there will be some uh, guidance so that we, as I may have said to one or two, that we uh, do it gracefully. And when the time comes, uh, I will give you that information. But this morning, as we prepare for our uh, service this morning, we always have a few seconds for spiritual preparation. Our spiritual preparation is uh, time for you to privately and silently go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, we close our eyes and bow our heads because that's our uh, opportunity for privacy. And privacy is by far the best way to pray. When we pray publicly, we sometimes have a sense of those who are listening. And of course, that is somewhat uh, necessary. But we have sometimes a tendency to pray to them instead of to the Father. And therefore, we close our eyes and bow our heads because that allows us privacy. And now we have our conversation with the Father. And it's our opportunity for confession of sins and also to ask for God the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction and assistance as we go forward in our, uh, our worship service. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads, and then I will open us in prayer. Dearly Father, we are thankful that we have this wonderful opportunity not simply to celebrate and worship your Son on this day, but it is truly on this day that we celebrate his birth, our Savior's birth. We pray that as we bring our worship service, as we uh, present ourselves, our thoughts, and also our uh, the, the corporate worship that we'll do this morning, that we will do it in the right spirit, meaning, first of all, filled with God the Holy Spirit as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but also with the proper attitude. We are here to honor him and also to give thanks to you because this is an absolutely remarkable event, the birth of the humanity of Christ who would go to the cross to provide for us atonement that we might have a redeemer to redeem us from the slave market of sin into which we were born. Therefore, Father, help us as we worship you this morning and we contemplate these things that we truly be truly have an understanding of what we are doing why we are doing it and again honor you in so doing and we ask these things in Jesus name amen instead of going to our normal song what we're going to do is go right directly to the offering and so we'll take up the offering at this point and I'll ask the deacons to come forward and ask Janet to take her position as she normally does and this will be our opportunity your opportunity to express your love towards uh, towards the Father regarding 
uh, his uh, marvelous provision for us. It's, it's interesting that the Lord should incorporate this in his plan because we have the opportunity to, to give. And in giving, we are not, um, we are not trying to Im- impress the, uh, the Father. We're not trying to gain merit ourselves, but we're giving it out of love. And it is this way that ministries are supported, uh, hopefully proper ministries, uh, devoted to uh, the gospel and the furtherance of the word of God. But uh, in giving, uh, God the Father has given us in his plan a way for us not only to express our love, but for him then to bless us because of the love that we have expressed. And we know this is true because the Apostle Paul tells us that we're supposed to give, that each one of us should give simply as we determine in our hearts. And we're not supposed to do this uh, from, a, from a compulsion or reluctantly because the Lord loves a gracious and a willing giver. Therefore, uh, this morning as the ushers come forward to assist me, let me thank the Lord for our bless for the, the offerings. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for those who are here this morning and for their gifts. And we ask, Father, for your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. For our scripture reading this morning, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Psalm 8. Almost all of the passages that we normally consider to be Christmas uh, scripture that we would normally read are going to be read during our program. Therefore, this morning, I've chosen Psalm 8, and um, I I must tell you that we're not completely certain this morning exactly how long the program will take because we've incorporated readers and even though we will try to orchestrate that so that there's not much time in between the readers there will be different time lengths for certain readers and we're just just the timing of we didn't we weren't able to get everybody together to run through this but I have also uh, designated for myself a little time here at the beginning and I've chosen to read Psalm 8 and to provide for you some thoughts <clears throat> that I have from Psalm 8 uh, particularly as we uh, worship our uh, Savior's birth today Psalm 8 verse 1 says and this by the way is a Psalm of David this is David writing we could say by inspiration of God the Holy Spirit he's writing scripture O Lord our Lord how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger verse 3 When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which have ordained, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. This morning, as we consider and we worship together I'd like to focus our attention on what has happened here what has really happened with regard to who we are 
as creatures in our Lord's creation. I tried to approach this on Wednesday night, and just briefly, I'm going to do something similar to that. But Psalm 8 speaks of two things. First of all, it does speak of his creation, the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. We have this creation that is absolutely beyond our comprehension. Our God has created in this universe something that we absolutely cannot comprehend. Not only the intricacies of our own bodies and the things that we can see, but the immensity of it, the extraordinary universe of which we have no idea how large it really is, nor how many galaxies, and certainly have no understanding of the stars, number of stars. And how do they all fit together? By what power is this controlled? Can we even begin to comprehend that? And our God does it with a thought. It's not work for him to coordinate and synchronize all this to the smallest microbe, to the largest star. But what is man in all of this that he is mindful of us? How can this be? We believe that we are the crowning achievement of his creation. That is, that is incredible. That's remarkable. And we are fallen creatures. The first opportunity that we, and we are in Adam, we fail. We are disobedient. And this God, who is able to control the function the organization of the universe and also the smallest function within our bodies the absorption of oxygen or something similar to that cares for us okay we're part of his creation Maybe there's pride of ownership. But how much does he love us? To what extent does he express that love? He sends his son. He sends his son. And in his humanity, he is born amongst his creation the humanity that's here. What is man that you are mindful of him? Who, who are we? What could possibly cause our Lord to do this? Well, we're part of his plan. There is a plan here. And he's made us lower than angels. This is truly part of the angelic conflict and we could go into that in detail but I'm not going to this morning. But the part that we play in his plan must be incredibly important to him. He sends his son to be our savior. And this morning as we read our passages we are going to be illustrating how God reveals himself to us. His son, whom we call the Lord Jesus Christ, came in the form of a man. He didn't come as a superman. 
He didn't come walking around the earth knocking people down just by His presence, which He could do and illustrate it. But He shielded that. And He presented Himself as any one of us might appear. And He simply spoke to us the truth. And yes, He did reveal Himself periodically through works of miracles. This is who I am. This is what I represent. And this is the truth. And it's described in the Word of God as the light shining into the darkness. The truth of His words and the truth of His message is like a light piercing the dark. And that's why I think we see the angels in the darkness suddenly appearing to the the shepherds. And they proclaim His birth. This light that shatters the darkness, that startles the shepherds, announces the birth of the Son of God. And they go and worship, as they certainly should have. And then there's the star, which is really the Shekinah glory, which leads... We call them wise men. In our song, it's going to be called, they're going to be called kings. They are magi coming from the east, we believe from Babylon. And they're led by this star, this light, this bright light that is different than anything else they've ever seen. And I don't believe that, that God, just through nature, caused this. I believe that it actually was the Shekinah glory the second person of the Trinity and his incarnation being exhibited in this light himself he was coming and he was demonstrating in that light that he was here and the Magi follow it and they go and they worship it's this light that was again shattering the darkness and as we think of that and what the Lord had done. And at any time he could have put a stop to all this. But he follows the plan. The plan that his father had to express his father's love and of course his love as well. But he goes to the cross. His purpose in the first advent was to go to the cross. And he goes to the cross. He could have come down from the cross at any time. But he chose to pay for the sins of the world. And therefore, we have the answer to our fallen nature, to our sin. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now as we consider that, we consider what we do at Christmas. We give gifts. What cost should that solution That opportunity, what cost should that be for us? Could we have paid it? Is it possible? And of course the answer is no. Therefore, the God of the universe who sends His Son and His Son who comes and pays for the sins of the world with the most horrible and unbelievable death not just the physical but the fact that he takes the sins of the world on himself has now provided salvation and what do they do it's given to us as a free gift we say it's a free gift but it wasn't a free gift to the son he paid dearly for that but yet it's free to us It's free to us. And that's just part of what we're celebrating today. This unbelievable, 
inexpressible free gift. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. This is incredible. It's unbelievable. Simply by faith. Simply by believing. What the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. Simply by believing. What he told us. During his incarnation. Whosoever believeth in the Son has everlasting life. And he that does not believe the Son, and that word there really is obey, he that does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. What do we mean by being obedient? By believing what the Lord Jesus Christ said. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son But whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We are being obedient by believing. The Son himself gave us the gospel, the good news, the proclamation of who he was and what he was going to do. And we simply need to believe. We give gifts at Christmas time. Each one of them should represent to us the free gift that the Son has given to us. We desire gifts. We have the most unbelievable gift already in that gift of salvation. Let's take a few moments, closing our eyes and bow our heads. Let me just contemplate this for a second and let me pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you love us. We're thankful that you have provided for us, again, as Paul described it, this inexpressible gift. And it is truly a gift, a gift that we can receive without merit, simply by believing. It is a grace gift. And here on this day, in this service, we pray that we would have some idea of the magnitude of what you have done for us and humbly worship you, realizing that simply by believing, we may receive the imputation of righteousness so that we may be justified and eternal life that we might have a relationship with you forever. We ask for your blessing upon what we do here this morning, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we begin our service, what I'm going to ask is for those who will be reading to approach the pulpit, either from the center aisle or if you need to come from the the right, you may do so. But come down the center aisle or off to the left. And we have a microphone, and please don't let that bother you. Uh, This it won't bite and people were just trying to record the service uh, and I will hand you the mic my plan is to introduce you I will begin this is what we're doing this morning the Christmas story we have a chronology of the Christmas story beginning with the prophecy the prophecy that comes from uh, the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Micah And then we're going to move from that to the actual time, the chronology of time, as we move through this with readers. And I will introduce you. I'll introduce you as you come forward, hand you the mic, and step away. Uh, There are some, we would call them double readings or dual readings. Um, Instead of having you both stand at the pulpit together, I would ask that one come down, take the mic from me and read. The other one can have already approached, but maybe be standing off to the side. And then when that person is finished reading, the first one's finished reading, hand me the mic, depart, and then the other one come forward. I'm trying to avoid congestion up here as much as possible. And please relax. As you can tell uh, from observing me this morning, this is easy. Uh, therefore, Our first scripture reading this morning is going to come from uh, Marty Arnwine, and his son is also going to read with him second. He'll be the second reader. And so, Marty, please come forward. The passage that Marty is reading 
is the prophecy of the birth of Isaiah. He'll be reading Isaiah 7.14 and 9.2, and Aaron will be reading uh, Isaiah 9.6.7. Okay, are we on back there? Making sure this is on. Are we on? Okay, we're on. Marty, thank you. Scripture reading is Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And then Isaiah 9:2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Thank you, Martin. Aaron? Aaron is going to read uh, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Uh, scripture reading from Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness and from then and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Thank you, Aaron. The scripture reading we've just heard, of course, is speaking of Christ's birth and kingdom, which are being foretold by the prophet Isaiah. Our next scripture reading, the prophecy of the location of the birth, is going to be read to us by Scott Bailey. We're going to have members of the family reading, and I'm very uh, proud to say that we'll have quite a few of them. So, Scott, please read for us from Micah. But as for you... Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Thank you. Again, Christ's place of birth is foretold here by the Micah, by the prophet Micah. And now we move to the singing portion and we'll be singing hymns we are now ready to begin the chronology of events we've had the prophecy now one of the things that I wanted to mention at this point as we sing these songs uh, we're singing the songs that were written uh, composed and written by men and women who have different perspectives of this season and some of the songs are reflecting upon the past. Some are reflecting more on the, the present. And others are reflecting upon the future. And as we sing these songs, we, we sing them and we use the term as dispensationalists. We know that we are not living in the age of Israel, in the past. We know that we're not living in the millennium. We know that we live in the age of grace or the church age. But there's a perspective of these songs that speak of the past or speak of the future, of the king. We have a Lord and Savior now. He's not reigning as our king, but he will someday, and we can look forward to that. And therefore, you should sing as a dispensationalist, understanding the timing for some of these verses. The, um, the composers don't have the opportunity in their stanzas to explain in detail maybe their thinking. And then there are some who are not dispensationalists like we are. But we can still appreciate the description of our Lord in the future or in the past. And so please sing from that perspective. Also, as you come up to speak, uh, the mic is not as sensitive. So holding it here is probably not going to be as effective as having it closer to your lips. And 
we made sure that Austin disinfected this for weeks at a time. So you're not going to catch any bug from this. All right. Our next reader, who is who is going to be announcing the uh, conception of Jesus to Mary, is going to be Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is going to read Luke 1, 26 through 33. Luke 1, 26 through 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern the angel, uh, trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will, and he will be great. Uh, he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. Thank you, Mike. The second part of this passage is read by Mike Talbot, and he'll be reading verses 34 through 38. Scripture reading, Luke 1, 34 through 38. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that, for that reason, the holy child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she, has, was, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And, and Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Our next scripture reading, this one was the, the angel Gabriel visits the favored Virgin Mary, and now we move to the announcement of the conception of Jesus to Joseph in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And our scripture reading is by Jenny Hagemeyer. Jenny. Now the birth of Christ Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And here we have both Luke and Matthew telling of the birth of the Christ child. And now our songs. Two songs that we'll sing. Next we have our trip to Bethlehem. In the chronology of events, the trip to Bethlehem and the birth of the Christ child is found in Luke 2, 1 through, uh, Luke 2, 1 through 7. And this will be read by Bill Bush. Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, 
to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Thank you, Bill. Next, we are going to see the announcement. The angels announced the birth to the shepherds in Luke 2, 8 through 14. This is Bill Sen reading for us. Luke 2, 8 through 14. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Thank you, Bill. Our songs that accompany this, this chrono, part of the chronology are to be sung now. We are continuing our reading in Luke as we see the, the chronology of events. And it's now the shepherd's witness and Mary's meditation. We've read now with Bill Sen and also Bill Bush. And now Rick Willie is going to come and continue the, our scripture reading in Luke to Rick. Luke 2, 15 through 19. Thank you. Luke chapter 2 and verse 15. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has that has witnessed or that has happened which the Lord has made known to us so they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger when they had seen this they made known the statement which had been told to them about the child about this child and all they all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds but Mary treasured all these things pondering them in her heart Rick thank you very much we have finished that part and we actually are changing it up a little bit because we have one scripture reading and now our song to accompany it as you might notice while we have many readers this morning we only have one person in accompaniment Janet uh, we had to get special permission from the professional guild where she works to allow her to play this many songs uh, on one day at this rapid pace. That's why we're going a little slower, and I'm even slowing us down a little bit now. Her fingers, I can even feel the warmth from the uh, piano as she uh, works the ivory, and we're certainly thankful for Janet who uh, uh, plays for us so, so faithfully. Our next scripture reading, and we might say now that the plot thickens. As we've seen the uh, the birth of the Christ child, we've seen uh, angels, we've seen uh, the family, the immediate family, and also the shepherds involved. And now there's going to be involvement from outside the uh, the immediate community as the Magi arrive from Babylon. And... They are, they are going to arrive and visit Herod the Great. And now we're going to have a, another family team. Theron and Tony Houston are going to, will come forward. And they will read for us Matthew 2, verses 1 through 7. And then Matthew 2, 8 through 10. Theron? 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Thank you, Theron. Tony? Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Thank you, Tony. We now have seen the wise men following a star, which we believe to be the Shekinah glory, to find the Christ child. And now the Magi will find the Christ child in Bethlehem. And for our next scripture reading is Robert Cabin. Robert Cabin is going to read for us Matthew 2, verses 11 through 12. In going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Thank you, Robert. Our songs that accompany these passages, well, as how would correct me, it's we three kings, but I couldn't help but write it as we three magi. And now as our chronology continues, we see that an angel is going to warn Joseph, warn Joseph about Herod's plot to kill Jesus. So again, we see an angel. And our passage is in Matthew 2, 13 through 15. And to represent that angelic presence, Linda Smith. Joseph taking his family to Egypt. So this is Matthew 2, 13 through 15. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Thank you, Linda. As we continue through this passage in Matthew, Matthew 2, we now see Herod's slaughter of the innocent children in Bethlehem. This is Matthew 2, 16 through 18, a much more sinister passage, and we have chosen as our reader someone who fits it. Ah, Everett, come on forward. <laughs> Everett Spencer. Yes, we have the right man for the, for the job here, Everett. Matthew two sixteen through eighteen. Okay. Matthew two sixteen through eighteen. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth 
and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he which he had determined from the wise men then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying a voice was heard from Ramah weeping in great mourning Rachel weeping for her children refusing to be comforted because they were no more Matthew 2 16-18 thank you Everett so now we have seen that Herod will slaughter the uh, children under the age of two as we continue in Matthew 2 19-23 an angel is going to inform Joseph of Herod's death and Bradley Stebbins will read this for us and we'll tack on Luke 2.39 as well. Bradley? But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee and came to live and lived in a city called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now we'll move to Luke 2, verse 39. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. So we have the family now returning to Nazareth and the the Lord will be able to begin his ministry. The songs that we will sing for these passages are represented here. How? We are closing in on the last portion of uh, of our program here. John is going to introduce the Son as the light of the world. And our passage is John 1. John 1, 1 through 6, and 7 through 14. And uh, we're going to ask the Druggers. Vanessa will come and read the first portion of this passage. John 1. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Our next reader is Austin, Austin Driver. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness to that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Austin and Vanessa. Which brings us to our song that is going to celebrate the mystery of the Incarnation and really the future in joy to the world. Thank you, Hal. We are at the conclusion of our program, and I would like to thank all of those who have read today. Uh, I think that you... Um, and you can remain standing because this is the end of the program. But uh, I want to thank each and every one of you who has participated. I want to thank uh, Melody Stelling who participated with the creation of the program as well as Hal. Um, and also certainly thank you, Janet, for playing our songs for us. They're beautiful songs. Uh, coming up to read scripture I know can be um, 
you know, a very anxious thing to do, but I thought you all did it very well. Thank you for participating today. And while much could be said about each one of these passages, we have allowed Scripture to stand by itself this morning. Uh, scripture itself, uh, that is where the power of the truth of God's Word resides. And it also should, uh, we should also should be able to see the reflection of that in the songs we sing, the hymns, uh, the majesty of those songs as they reveal much to us about our Lord and Savior, about our Father who loves for us and has provided for us. And therefore, hopefully you've enjoyed this program as much as I have. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I would like to ask Wayne Radio if he would please come and close us in a word of prayer, close our Christmas special. For those of you who I think you know Wayne Radio, he is the executive director for Child Evangelism Fellowship in, here in Northern Virginia. And he has been a, almost a part of our uh, church because we've been involved in Child Evangelism Fellowship now for eight years. And he has provided for us this extraordinary opportunity to take the gospel to the children here in Northern Virginia. And I am thankful for his ministry, and it's such a blessing to be able to support him in it. Wayne. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you for this beautiful day, a day that is a great day for us Christians, those that know you and love you as our personal Savior. It's a day that we remember your birth. And Father, what a beautiful lesson and story we heard this morning through scripture and song. And Father, I just pray that you would bless each one here with your grace and your love, your mercy, your patience. And thank you, Father, for your salvation and your sovereignty that you know to be getting to the end. And Father, we just thank you again for each family that's represented here. And Father, for their love for you. And Father, I pray that that love would grow and that more and more of us would be more willing to step out and do more for you, Father, for all that you have done for us. And Lord, we know that someday we'll see you face to face. And I pray that each one of us will hear those words, well done, thy faithful servant. So Lord, I pray that you would just bless in a mighty way the rest of this day in each one of us. We ask this in your precious name of Jesus. Amen.